my lovely listeners, and welcome to this next episode where we're going to talk about the subject of leaving training until it's too late. So leaving training basically until we need it, or, well, let's start with some examples. The big one, (laughs) trailer loading. Trailer loading has got to be one of the most controversial and kind of neglected subjects when it comes to, you know, leaving training too late. First, I want to just discuss some of my thoughts about that. Um, So in terms of, you know, when to train a horse and stuff like that. So generally, if we talk about foals, weanlings, you know, around a young age, they're they're quite impressionable. And um, it's actually during this time where most babies, they either have a good experience or a bad experience with trailers. Okay, by bad, I mean it wasn't comfortable for them. Maybe they didn't want to go in and then they were pushed in too quick or, you know, stuff like that. And But what I've found is if the young horse is impressionable and they have a good experience, later on in life, this continues on. It continues through as long as it's taken care of and nurtured. My Lenny, he came over from Ireland, chucked in the back of a trailer <laughs> with, I don't know, a handful of other babies, no petition, you know, squeeze in there for Lord knows how long, at least 12 hours, and I'm being very optimistic there, I think maybe in the 24-plus timeline. And um, he, when I got him, he was one and a half years old, hadn't been in a trailer since that I knew of, and he didn't really have an opinion about the trailer still at that point even though he'd been in the, you know, because maybe he was just super comfortable in there with his buddy friends and, uh, you know, they were in there long enough to find some sort of safety and comfort because, you know, travelling horses for long distance, um, it can actually have a positive influence on them simply because it's experience and especially if it's a comfortable journey and, you know, and they're, um, and the driving is good and stuff like that, it can have a really positive influence on horses. Just as much as the, you know, the short ones, but they have to be frequent. And he didn't really have a bad impression about that. So he would lead in and I also, um, you know, because of my background in natural horsemanship, wanted to teach him also to self-load. So we had both subjects there and it was pretty much uh, trouble-free. Sometimes he was a little bit nervous and stuff like that, but that just settled down after experience. Now, not everybody's going to go out of their way to practice, for example, trailer loading, (laughs) to the extremities that I had, but, you know, it doesn't hurt to at least begin and start peppering in trail loading. Or maybe you've got a truck, so you have to teach the horse to go in the truck, and that can be a rear loader or a side loader. It's all a bit different. I find that if a horse loads uh, one way really good and well, like, for example, in a rear loading trailer, they have actually no problem going in the side um, side loading ramp on a horse truck. That's what I find anyway. And that's because I use the same language, the same invitation, the same kind of technique to say to the horse, trust me, come on, go in, turn around if you have to, and stand still and relax. So where we get good in one subject, we're going to get good in others, or at least have the tools to say to the horse to trust us. So trailer loading is a 
big one, really neglected. And um, for horses that don't have much trail loading experience, there's never really any excuse of when to start. Some people say, oh, my horse is too old. I say bullcrap because, you know, a horse is a prey animal. Their brains are constantly learning, constantly adapting, constantly searching for new things. They're fantastic learners and puzzle solvers. Whereas we are a predator, much like a dog, our brain kind of deteriorates as we get older. Therefore, um, you could even say, for the lack of better words, speaking a bit like a dummy here, our learning sponge in our brain kind of deteriorates as we get older. And with horses, this is just simply not the case. So Age really is just a number in their case. They're all able to achieve, you know, everything. When it comes to foals, securing them, tying them in trailers, hmm, that could be another podcast subject right there. It depends on their size and, um, yeah, human experiences already. Um, so that I will leave open. But if you have any questions about that, please don't be afraid to reach out. Um, but just... Going back to the, you know, the leaving it too late, especially if we need to go somewhere in an emergency or especially if we go into competition and we've worked our backsides off to get whatever it is we're practicing for good enough, I hope, to compete. Um, And then putting all that pressure and um, unfortunately, humans become their absolute worst under pressure, especially time pressure and pressure of perhaps the competition therefore they become unrecognizable to their horse and it's the same when we have an emergency oh my gosh you I couldn't tell you the amount of times I've had phone calls or people in absolute distress telling me running up to me oh my god Zoe I have to take my horse to the vets can you please help me load now in the past yeah I would have helped them and spent whatever hours it took me to do that to get them in and most of the times for free never was I really ever compensated for my time nor was it really ever thought about so I stopped for two reasons one for that hey this is my time and you're not compensating me for my expertise and skill for helping you get your horse to the vets for an emergency two my gosh, the poor horse has got no clue. And, you know, you in some way or another, you've got to apply pressure in order to get the horse in. And it's just not fair. And if the horse has got something wrong with its leg, the last thing you want to be doing is trailer loading at that time, practicing trailer loading. So I've learned over the years, I, I actually never did do that. If a horse had a problem with its legs, I, I said, no, sorry, you have to find another way to do that. Um, but if the horse has got colic or whatever... Same thing, you're, you're just putting the horse under immense pressure. So please, horse owners, don't leave trailer loading too late. One of the biggest excuses I hear quite often, and in a sense, okay, I hear you, but, you know, I can't practice because I don't have my own trailer. Now, in this day and age, it is very possible to either borrow one and pay them for the borrowing, you know, if it's a friend, offer them a few tenors each day for borrowing it and using it. There are places where you can hire trailers. So you go hire a trailer for a week and you practice, you know, maybe group up with a few friends and do it, do something like that. 
and you make a you know a plan over the year like every two months we're going to hire a trailer for a month and we're just going to practice every night for seven nights uh, until it starts to get better and improve because if you do have an emergency and you have to get that horse to the vets it's going to be a little bit more familiar to them than had you not all right so trailer loading is probably one of the biggest 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 subjects um about leaving training too late not forgetting to mention of course the sports all right so i don't know i i I just think sometimes we either have or say we i certainly try not to but in general people have this such a high expectation over over a horse that you know they'll be able to practice two or three three days a week in order to go to a competition and win first prize you know on the other hand you've got people that go to the extremities who do practice and train six to seven days a week and do go to that competition and do win that first prize but you know we, we have to question for me it's all about finding some somewhere in between you know because um one of them is not practicing enough and one of them is over practicing probably to the point of drilling you know horses are just so much more than that and they love to be nurtured they love to do different things I talk about this so often in my day-to-day training and on my online training platform variety is the spice of life but of course we do need consistency in our training in order to bring out the best in our horses but also repeat 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 enough to the point where they really truly do understand it so we've got to always just look at ourselves and and ask ourselves well I'm going to tell you right now what I ask myself and I also quite often ask my students are we asking what's possible or are we asking what's impossible when you categorize those two and you honestly ask yourself that question to whatever subject it is you are training at that time the rest of the answers will appear in front of your face if you are training for i don't know a preliminary level dressage test so that's uh, the lowest okay but you only practice once a month and your horse is not in condition and you know you're not um you sit a little bit in the beginner you know category of riding okay what can you expect from that are you expecting it uh the impossible from your horse impossible from yourself or is it actually possible it's unlikely to be possible right but over time with a good plan with more time in training, maybe three days a week, and getting the horse into a good condition, therefore, then there's a chance of being the best of perhaps the worst that day and getting that first prize. Now, I say (laughs) the best of the worst that day because for me, competing, if I'm honest, it has to make a change. Right now, I don't like what I see not all not everything and not every rider and not every horse combat rider and horse combination it's generally about the um yeah the background outlook on sports the money the um yeah putting the horse through pretty much torture and things like that you know in order for what you know that they're really asking 
the impossible from the horses. It is possible to get it to a place where it's possible for them, but, you know, welfare and stuff like that has to, has to be considered. So I say the best of the worst that day because sometimes that can just be how it is. So when someone comes up to me and says, oh, I got my first points in the dressage competition, I'm happy for them, of course, you know, but I wonder what do the other competitors look like because I know what your riding looks like and um, if you got first place with your hands bumping up and down and not a very good seat in the saddle, <laughs> what did the other riders look like, you know? So not that I'm saying I, I judge like that. I just observe and I see and I hear and, of course, I have to talk about these things frequently. So... I'm only human and these thoughts enter my head. But, you know, this is what we've got to think about. Other things are what I call general skills. So, here we go. Leading horses, tying horses, picking up horses' hooves, preparing them for the trimmer and the blacksmith. Remember, it's not your blacksmith's job to train them. It's yours. Um, other things like preparing them to have water on their legs, perhaps their bodies for a bath, all of this stuff. It's just left too late, left too late, left too late. I am surrounded by the word no every day, meaning all I hear is nit doen, which means don't do that in Dutch, or nope, nope. Nope, nope, nope. Now, the last time I checked, horses don't speak our language. Now, of course, repeat a word to them long enough, they're going to start to associate it, of course, and especially if there's intention and focus behind it. But I guess what I'm trying to say is we've got to have teaching, teachmanship constantly in our skill set especially when you're teaching general skills. If all we do is say no and maybe even reflect that or use that in our body language towards the horse, it might stop whatever behavior the horse is exhibiting that you don't want in that moment for a moment, but it's not teaching it. So it's very important to understand that by leaving your training not too late, you also need to have the education and the knowledge of how to actually train those certain subjects in order to not leave them too late. For me, um, cross ties are the biggest place where this starts to happen. Now, don't get me wrong, I understand the use of a cross tie, um, but I like to get it to the point where my horse is not cross tied and they can stand there and they can relax and they know not to leave and stuff like that because it's just a really good check of my skills. It's not to say it's 100% perfect, but it's just a check of my skills. I don't want to make my horse do anything, but I can invite them or half invite them because in this case, it's one lead rope, half inviting my horse to stand still. But then I have the tools, like if the horse can't stand still, I can look at the horse. One, why can't you stand still? Are you nervous? Are you unrelaxed? Uh, did something scare you in the environment? Okay. Two, I then have the tools to help the horse relax or to move their feet a little bit first before I ask them to stand still. All of these kind of things. And then getting it to the point where you can teach a horse to stand still, not lean on two ropes or chains, 
pull at the ground, lift its hind leg because it feels trapped and every time the person goes to groom it, they lift that hind leg to threaten, being told no, need doon, with absolutely no teaching resolution behind it where the horse can start to understand that that's not necessary to do that and that you can stand here and relax. This I find incredibly frustrating and it's all a very big part of leaving training too late. So I'm not going to talk too much more about that because I think the message behind the title is clear. If you have any um, questions, concerns, comments, happinesses, please let me know. I love to hear from you. You can find me across all social media platforms at Get Good With Horses. And I just really hope you're enjoying my Zoe's Horse Bites podcast and all of the episodes that are available for you to listen to today. You have been listening to Zoe's Horse Bites podcast. Powered by Get Good With Horses courses and online training academy by Zoe Code.